The Healthy Golf Podcast, episode 35 with Nate Kingsley. Welcome to the Healthy Golf Podcast, a podcast designed to help you transform your golf game and your life. Join your host, Dr. Joe O, as he chats with experts on all things golf performance to keep you feeling great and playing your best on and off the course. Welcome to the Healthy Golf Podcast, and today I'm excited to bring on Nate Kingsley. Nate is a certified strength and conditioning specialist, and he is the director of fitness at Rain Tree Country Club in North Carolina. Welcome to the show, Nate. Yeah, thanks for having me. Nate, why don't you just go ahead and give everyone a little bit about you, kind of just your background, how you got into golf fitness and golf performance, and kind of what led you to where you are now? Uh, Sure. So I've golfed for my entire life, not necessarily well, but I have been doing it. Um, So, and then I ended up going to school for exercise science at Springfield College. And I never really kind of thought of golf being a part of that. And to be frank, golf wasn't really on my mind in college. I kind of gave it up for the four years that I was in school. And uh, I kind of put all my efforts into hockey until... Uh, I actually wanted to pursue a DPT program, which led me more into gen pop. And then gen pop obviously leads you into, you know, the sports that older populations can do like golf, tennis, that sort of thing. So I started to shift my focus um, about a year ago into trying to collect um, golf clients. So, and I'm from up north. I'm from New Hampshire. And it was kind of like we were talking about before, you know, it's not a year round sport, so it's kind of tough. So I kind of just got the thought in my head. I was like, okay, let's find a course. I didn't even know that it was a position, but I was like, let's find a course where I can be like a strength coach at the golf club and pick up clients. So I was like, okay, let's see if that even exists. And fortunately it did. I applied to a handful of jobs uh, got interviews at a few and then got a job offer at where I'm now, which is Rain Tree Country Club as their fitness director. So, yeah, that's kind of it. Cool. Are you are you a PT or no? No, no. Okay. I actually uh, left PT school to gotcha. pursue this type of stuff. Nice. Mm-hmm. You may have made the correct decision, honestly, depending <laughs> on where you're going to school. Yeah, um, I, I uh, whole we can talk about that if you like, but... Um, yeah, I I made the decision halfway through my second semester. So well, early enough, which is good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, my my uh, my debt wouldn't say that, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, so I, I'm happy with where I'm at, and uh, you can do the way that I phrase it to people. You can help uh, people in similar ways as a PT, as a strength coach, and I mean. I call myself a strength coach, but again, we're working with gen pop people. So, uh, people above the age of 40. So we're not working on the same stuff that you would with a 20 year old. A lot of people, like I have one woman now where she has a serratus interior problem. So, you know, we're working on that with her and she's starting to get numbness, uh, in her hand. So I'm like, okay, well let's, you know, do some exercises to get around that. Um, so yeah, it's kind of, I got to use the knowledge that I learned there. Which is good. Yeah, that is good. Uh, I would say, like, at least in my experience, it seems like the PT world, not entirely, but it's transitioning to more of a, hopefully, more of a whole continuum of 
things in terms of, you know, taking someone through an injury slash rehab to performance side of things. I think there's more and more PTs that have the strength and conditioning background or certification as well as maybe just like a a trainer certification of whatever, whatever it may be, which I think is really helpful because so many people want to get back to these goals in terms of, you know, being athletic, doing those things that they used to do when they were younger, including golf, playing tennis, running, whatever it may be. And, um, the typical PT model, I think really cuts them short. And unfortunately insurance, insurance doesn't make, make that any easier or better whatsoever, but, um, that's a completely different story and topic to even talk about. But I think the Uh, field is filled with people who actually care. Yeah. So there's, there's that the result of that is a lot more of yous are now in the field, meaning that there's more people who are doing both sides of it. So it's, you know, you're not just trying to get people into the clinic, help them with whatever problem that you can bill and then have them leave. You know, you're helping them with that problem for whatever, four to eight sessions as a physical therapist. And then you're going to help them for four to eight years as a strength and conditioning coach. So, and as a fitness professional to not only make sure that they remain healthy, but sorry, my dog came back in, Uh, uh, but actually get better and continue to do the thing that they love to do for the rest of their life. Right. And that's, that's exactly why I've kind of started out on my own thing just because insurance doesn't allow you to do that. The insurance model doesn't allow you to do that. And as a PT, I just didn't like to see someone just be like, Oh, okay. You're out of pain now. Yeah. This isn't PT anymore. See you later. But like (laughs) they have goals still. Right. And you haven't even maybe scratched the surface with someone potentially. Um, and sometimes people just want to get feeling better and then they realize like, Hey, I'm, I'm feeling better. I'm doing a lot better now let's hit some more goals. Like I want to try to like go run a 5k or, or run a marathon or whatever it may be like walk 18 holes. Like it doesn't matter what it may be, but it's, it's those things that I think are, I think that's the way things are going and the way it should be honestly, because the person doesn't stop at one point and um, whenever, whenever their goals end or whenever they, you know, they reach their goals, hopefully you as a, trainer or a coach or whoever can have already instilled in them trying to reach further at that point. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, people's goals can be, you know, something that you typically don't think about. Like I have 70 plus year old clients who have grandkids now and it's like, yeah, we're focusing on golf stuff, but at the same time, it's like, Hey, don't you want to like be able to pick up your grandkid when they're, you know, 40 pounds instead of right now when they're just like 10 and they're like, yeah, I do. I'm like, well, we got to work on that, you know, like picking something up. It's just literally dead weight, you know, it's something that you got to work on. So it's, you can kind of shape their mindset a little bit more as a fitness professional. I mean, as a PT too, but you get more time as a fitness professional, just because of what you said, the insurance model, uh, the cost of fitness is typically less than PT. So you can help these people a little bit more. And it's awesome that there's more of people like you spreading out. And there was a lot, even when I was going through school, which I say like that was a long time ago. But that's kind of what drove me to want to pursue PT was people like that. I'm like, oh, that's awesome. Like, I didn't realize you could be a doctor and do what I already want to do, you know? Right. Yeah. I think that's the beauty, kind of what you said of, um, you know, helping people achieve those goals, even though we're trying to help people get better at golf or, again, whatever it may be, whatever sport. But, 
you know, there's other things in life that matter just as much, if not more than, than playing yeah, sports. I would say right? more. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it depends on the person, right? But I guess, um, you know, That's picking true. up your grandkids is, can be really important and is really important. And like you said, when they're 10 pounds, it's not too bad. But when they're 40 or 50, and you want to you want to do that and they want to be picked up by you. And then, you know, when you can't do that, I'm sure that that's not that doesn't feel good. Right. For you yeah. and, and for them. And, you know, those are the things that getting stronger and doing these workout programs and fitness things that are, quote unquote, for golf. But they translate to so many other things throughout your life and everyday activities. Yeah, 100 percent. And I mean, honestly, like there's a lot of golf specific things. Uh, and I guess I could use air quotes with that because like at the end of the day, it's, you know, a specific thing for golf. I use a lot of the same stuff with my tennis clients, you know, like it's, there's so much carryover into just being athletic and just being a functional human being that we call golf specific, but honestly, it's, it can relate to a million different things. You know, one of my drills I actually did with a client yesterday he hasn't been able to golf for four years, but, uh, because his balance is so bad. So, but within a month, you know, we're practicing like how to not fall basically, but it's a, a way regress drill that I use with my golfers of like how to pick up speed, mm-hmm. you know? So there's a lot of carryover with random drills from somebody who can't even balance on one leg for a second or two to somebody who's trying to go from 110 miles an hour to 120. I mean, you're doing a way more intense version with that, you know, actual golf client, but the same, you know, idea remains. Yeah. I think, I think that was going to be one of our first things and you kind of just alluded to it a lot in that question, but kind of what is your philosophy when it comes to working with your fitness clients, whether they're golf, golf related or tennis related? I know you said before we got on that you have a large amount or there's a large population of people at the country club that play tennis. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, kind of go into what your philosophy is when it comes to, to training, training these people. Uh, I think it's a lot more simple than uh, you might be hoping for, but it's just give them what they need. You know? So it's, I have somebody who shot me a text on Monday or I texted them. I was like, Hey, how'd week one go? And they're like, if I didn't know any better, I would think that you're trying to kill me because we're doing very intense exercise with him. And then there's other people like that guy that I just mentioned where it's, we're doing very, very regressed stuff because we're trying to get his balance better. So it's give them what they need. And, you know, fortunate for us to be in this field during this time, because you can get information at the touch of your finger, you know? So I can, yeah. So there's a million different people posting on Instagram, whatever. So it's, if I don't know something, and granted, I was educated very well, I think, from Springfield and even my short stint at Northeastern, um, that I can kind of fall back on that education. But it's, you know, give them what they need. And if that means that they have to do breathing correctives, that's what they got to do. If that means that you have to lift a kettlebell a uh, hundred times today, then we're going to do that type of thing. That's so awesome. Though. No, yeah. yeah be I, able to provide. I like that. Just thinking of that, because so many people at least in my experience, see all these things online and everyone wants to do what Dustin Johnson's doing or what Justin Thomas is doing. And I think the thing that a lot of people forget is, is that they're elite freakish people who have, you know, amazing athletic abilities 
who've been working on things to improve those athletic abilities for years. Mm. And someone wants to do those things and like they haven't, they haven't uh, even, you know, crawled or, or even walked before they ran, they want to go running right now. And you gotta, you gotta work your way up to that point. Yeah, exactly. And I think the, the thing is, is with all that is just keeping it simple. Basically. I mean, the kiss principle holds true for a reason for a lot of things and definitely in fitness. Um, I normally tell my people, and clients is I normally, like you said, golf specific things in, in air quotes is essentially just becoming a better athlete and just giving them those things. It's, it's, I would give almost the same stuff to someone who wanted to play basketball as I would a golfer. Things might be a little bit different in terms of loading sets and reps, break time, stuff like that. But in general, the movements don't change. If you're an athlete, you're an athlete. Yeah. hundred percent. And the, the, I mean, don't get me wrong. Sometimes I do get complicated. That guy that I'm allegedly trying to kill uh, with exercise is uh, his his program is, you know, I went a little bit uh, into like the triphasic model. Yeah. Yeah. Made popular by Cal Dietz or invented by him. Mm-hmm. But um, but there is a lot of carryover. His model actually doesn't specify for golf at all. So I kind of had to, um, you know, make up my own interpretation of what golf might look like. Uh, but honestly, it looks sort of similar to a football player. His is a little bit more intricate because, uh, he only has a 40 where I'm training him from his house. He has a 45 pound kettlebell, uh, two 12 pound dumbbells and bands. And that's it. Oh, and a medicine ball. So it's, you know, we, and that you need kind of maximal loading in order to do. So we, we've had to get creative so it can get complex, but again, you need to know your client in regards to what he needs, he likes, he's very analytical. So he likes that complicated stuff. There's other people that the kiss principle works just fine. So like, Hey, listen, I want to put my head down get the work in. Just tell me what to do. Yep. So I tend to do, I've been playing around with more of the triphasic, um, you know, scheme from, from Cal Dietz in, in terms with my clients. Um, I just, I either regress exercises um, down to super simple things and like say for like the first, well, any of the phases in terms of like the eccentric and isometric phases, I just decrease the hold times, uh, for people. And I still think, um, I mean, ideally, right. You need to be maximally loaded or I think most of it's above 80%, like mm. max stuff. Right. But, um, even for some people, I think if, even if it's lower, I think it'd be beneficial or helpful, um, for that person because, um, you know, if they haven't ever done something like that and they're still going to be going through the eccentric, isometric and concentric phases in any kind of athletic movement or anything along those lines, I think still training them to do that is, is helpful. Sorry, my golf clubs just got knocked over by my dog. It's okay. And yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, you just, when Cal Dietz made it, you know, he, it wasn't perfect the right. first time around. No system's ever perfect. So if you're savvy enough, you can create or you can take something and create your own adaptation to it, which it sounds like you're doing. And I mean, you can just slow anything down to make things harder anyway, or easier. I mean, there's some people where we'll do eccentric squats or we'll do ISO squats at the bottom because I want you to feel like your blue ham tie in or something like that. So it's, you can take the model and adapt it because again, he made that 
for his, uh, uh, oh, no, I'm going to forget where he's at. Minnesota? Minnesota, yeah. yeah. Yep. So he made it for his Minnesota athletes. Like, uh, I don't know about you. I'm not training a lot of like 18 to 22 year olds. I'm trading. No, no. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, we can take those concepts and we can still make a difficult workout. And I mean, the one of the methods that he has is the French contrast, which you can do basically with, you know, any exercise in there. Yeah. You know, the loading doesn't matter as much as his triphasic model does. So you can, you know, you can go a little bit into the weeds, make your own yeah. version of it. Pretty much. Yeah, I've, yeah. I've learned um, in terms of like doing and writing programs for people and stuff like that initially like when i first learned all the stuff in terms of strength and conditioning and like periodization i'm like okay this is pretty intense like meso micro cycles macro cycles all this stuff and like i've come to learn like that doesn't that doesn't matter too much at all because no. as soon as someone gets sick as soon as someone gets hurt or as soon as someone you know goes on vacation it's your whole plan that you spent however long writing is ruined essentially yeah yeah well, yeah, I mean, you can make, so for, again, for this one guy, he's very analytical. So we made uh, a 22 week program for him. And I mean, he, he stays right on task, but I would never do that for right. 99% of my clients because yeah. they're like, Oh, you know, I had wine last night. I couldn't work out today, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, listen, like life's awesome. Keep drinking your wine, but I am not going to waste your time and mine creating a 22 week program when it's something we can get 90% of what we're gunning for with that 22 week program with making something that's a little bit more adaptive day to day. Yeah. Or I month think, to month or however yeah. you want to think about it. I think that's part of like the art too, right? Of, of what we do. A lot of what we do is somewhat science, science based, all this research, but at the same time, it's still an, it's still an art form, which I think people, at least on the outside, don't, realize or notice the different things that we take into account when designing a program for someone. Yeah. Um, and I, think I just had a conversation with best. a friend who's, he owns his own gym in Portsmouth. Uh, shout out Justin minor gain. He <laughs> phrased it perfectly well when he said, because we are experts, right? And it's when you think of your expertise, you're like, I'm just throwing programs together. Like you got squats and medicine ball chest pass today, blah, blah, blah. And you just think that it's easy. And then he said that a client couldn't do something, and it, I mean, this has happened to me. I'm sure it's happened to you. A client couldn't do the workout. So we just made up a new workout within two seconds. And he's like, oh, that's what makes me an expert because I have all this experience. And within, you know, 30 seconds, I go from, oh, we're doing deadlifts today. And you're like, oh, your low back's kind of bothering you. Okay, let's do this. Yep. And then you immediately have a solution for it. And I'm like, that is such, that's the simplest way that I've heard it phrased. And I'm like, yeah, that is like yeah. an expert thing because I mean, you could take an hour writing a program, but that same program you and I could write in, you know, 30 seconds or whatever, just to do it on the fly. And right. I thought that that was a good way of phrasing it. I was like, Oh, yeah. there's the art form. There's the expertise. Yeah. I like that. That's true. Like I had a client who he lives in Kansas city or close to Kansas city. And he was close to, he was going to his country club to work out and he was in close contact with someone who tested positive. So he had to kind of just quarantine for a few days just to kind of wait and see if he had any symptoms. And he was like, Hey man, I don't have access to all the stuff that I normally have access to. Like, all right, well, what do you have? X, Y, Z. Okay. Well, I'm going to put together something for you as quickly as I can. And hopefully, you know, I'll do it for these few workouts. If, if you have to stay home longer, let me know. 
and I'll do it yeah. for the rest of them. Like that's all that's it is. Awesome. And yeah, yeah. Yeah. I like, I like, I like the way of looking at that though. That's, yeah. that's, that's good. Uh, I do too. I mean, it's so simple and I'm sure that I've thought about it in a way more complex form that I couldn't appreciate at the time. But when, when he said that, I was like, yep, of course, that's how it is. Yep. So when it comes to, I mean, you have some carryover between tennis and golf. Um, I'm assuming most of your programming, again, it obviously all depends on the individual and what their goals are and all these different things, but there's definitely some carryover, wouldn't you say, between between the two sports? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's a there's a lot of lateral movement and rotation. Again, as much as people don't like to think of golf as uh, you know, like weight transferring and uh, you know, not a real sport, which I have to hear constantly from people that don't play. Um, and if you're just listening, I roll my eyes because that's the number one <laughs> most annoying thing. I think it's the, I think it's the sport that takes the most skill golf. there's a ton of skill yeah, yeah. and there's I mean, also a ton of skill that goes into tennis so yes. fortunately you know what happens in your lower body with tennis is very very similar to golf the only thing that i take into consideration is that knees are a big problem with uh clientele that i don't want to say gen pop clientele but gen pop clientele who play tennis so i mean i have i've learned a lot about tennis rating scales since going down to Raintree, because Raintree has an excellent tennis program. Um, and there's a lot of three fives and above at Raintree, which okay. means that they are good, allegedly. Again, yeah. I don't know too much, but I know how to train them now. Yeah. So um, so we do a little bit of uh, you know preventative exercises just because you're going to have a lot more stopping mechanisms right. involved yeah. with the knee. So we'll do more stuff like that. But I mean... It's all rotation in the hips, lateral movement. You got to be able to hinge. You have to be able to rotate through your trunk and your ribs, which you obviously have to do with golf. It's a very rotation-based sport, obviously. So, yeah, there there is a lot of carryover. The only difference, uh, again, would just be those stopping mechanics. We'll do a lot more of that uh, in relation to um, you know sagittal movement, if that's how you want to phrase it. No, yeah, I think that's that's <laughs> great that you're doing that and working on that. Oh, my God. <laughs> the animals are plaguing yeah. us today. I've got golf clubs yeah, knocking over for my dog. <laughs> oh. yep. So, um, oh, so what I was going to say is I've come across um, clients who play tennis a good amount when I was in North Carolina because um, I was in working in Chapel Hill, Durham area, and there's tons of people that play played tennis. And I learned so much about tennis. Like, yeah, I learned a little bit about the rating system, probably not as much as you do know now. No, I've, um, I just told you the extent of my knowledge. There and you go. Apparently it's zero to seven. Okay. See, I didn't even know that. But then uh, I was like, oh yeah, well you you do this or like you're going to, you know, I, I forget I was dealing with someone, maybe it was her shoulder. And she was like, oh, the person I'm working with is having me switch over to like a Western grip. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. There's different ways yeah. to hold a tennis racket. I thought you yeah. just wrap your hand around it. They're like, no, you have like a Western grip and this grip. I'm like, all right, you just blew my mind. I have no idea what's happening right now. See, again, this is this is sort of touches on what I was talking about earlier, where it's if you don't know, like there's YouTube, there's Instagram, oh, yeah. the amount of friggin' tennis strength coach YouTube videos I have watched, which there's not a lot of them, but I've watched a ton like hours of them, just being like, what what's up with this sport? And you can read the research on like I love 
as as crummy as 2020 was, I love that we're alive in this time because it makes our jobs so much easier because there's just yeah. information out there if you want it. Yeah, so I think it's, it's it's a good thing and a bad thing, right? All at the same time. Um, as like from a from a a client's perspective, like any client could go on and get X Y Z workout program for golf or tennis or whatever it may be. Right. But ultimately they don't, they either may not benefit from that because it's not specific to what they need one. And then two, I think the benefit of having you or I being there is the biggest thing is really accountability and, and, and the actual coaching aspect, you know, to get clarity on certain things. Right. See the way that I view it is that it's all good because, um, okay. I'm going to try not to cuss here. Uh, so uh, the way that I see it is that it's all good because there's so much crap on the internet and people will believe it to be good, but over time, everyone will realize it's crap. And then the people who do realize it in the past have come to us and be like, Oh, okay. This guy actually knows what he's doing. So they're going to seek out more and more people like us over time. So it's, you know, it kind of sucks the transitionary period, a total good thing that it's, there's so much out there. So it's people can weed through it, but eventually, you know, every, uh, what's the, uh, the cream rises to the yeah, top, you however you yeah. phrase it. Yep. Yeah. So it's, we're the cream. We're just in the yep. process of rising. Yep. No, that's, that's everything's totally so new. And yeah. I, I love that. Love that viewpoint. Cause it's, it's, it is true. Like no matter how much, I mean, there is so much crap that's out there. I mean, between this isn't even related to necessarily golf, but like detox teas and, and all this other nonsense. And I mean, it's just crazy. And the, the amount of people that believe it I, is unfortunate, but, um, <laughs> but again, I think it's a good thing. It is a good it, thing. It's over time. Cause now just think about it like a study, right? So all these people, they're doing these detox teas and whatever. And over time you're going to be like, Oh wait, that doesn't do anything. Yep. So once you have 10 years of research, quote unquote, of in the actual gen pop, they're going to be like, Oh, that worked for literally no one. Why don't I go with this person who actually knows how to coach nutrition? Again, exactly. we're, we're in the transition, so it sucks. And you read this stuff and yeah. you're like, God, you're so stupid. How yeah. do you read that? But at the same time, like, why would they know? You know, like we went to school. For like I have, yeah. yeah, I have like close to a decade of experience in this. I'm not going to yeah. expect somebody who has 10 minutes of experience be like, oh, this is stupid. But over time, again, the case studies, quote unquote, will, uh, will come out. And we'll just be sitting there like, okay, we're ready to take you on. Whenever you're ready, we're ready. Yep. I sometimes always forget how how uh, <laughs> much the cat is currently biting his hand. Yep. How this much, is one of those times. <laughs> how much, how much um, like to us, this is just like commonplace and everything that we do is just like, like the back of our hand. We just know it. And um, for someone who's not in our world, they have no clue. And it's just, sometimes I always, I know that I know that, but I sometimes just always forget that. It's like, Oh, you don't, you don't know that. That's right. Yeah. Like, Fortunately for me, uh, I have very many pitfalls in my knowledge base. So, uh, wow. I'm constantly reminded of it. Uh, not in terms of exercise. I would definitely consider myself an expert. You know, there's varying levels of experts, but I'm one of those levels. But, um, you know, I'm constantly reminded every day, like, Ooh, I don't know anything about that topic and then it's like oh people you know don't know anything about the topic i'm an expert in which is why they pay us you know the right. amount of money that they're paying us yep exactly to get the results right and that's why you pay yeah. 
an electrician or a plumber to do to do that work for you in your house because yeah. you know if you don't know how to do it you're not going to risk you know electrocuting yourself yeah so, exactly that just happened but uh, side note uh <laughs> for christmas i was gifted a bidet which I highly recommend to everybody listening uh but i installed it myself did whatever and then the toilet stopped working and i'm like i don't plumb like i'm not gonna i'm not gonna mess this up you know because this would be like thousands of dollars or whatever it would be so, you know, I called somebody. I'm like, great, you're going to come and do it. Again, this is one of those things. I, like, I'm not handy, you know, so <laughs> I'm not even going to try. I'm going to pay this guy who knows it. There you go. All right, everyone. Just a real quick break. Nate and I started started to talk about the golf scene in New England, and we started to get into more business questions. That was just really between both of us. So I decided to cut that part out and head straight to the end of the interview so I apologize for that, but go ahead and enjoy the rest of the show. Well, I do have uh, three questions that I normally end on. Yeah, let's hear everyone. They're just fun, fun questions. Um, first one is, what's the best course you've ever played? Uh, Golf Club New England. We talked about that earlier. We did. In yeah. New Hampshire, Greenland mm-hmm. and Stratum. It's in both towns. Yep. What, what, I'm just kind of curious. I know, I know we talked about it, but what makes it the best course that you've ever played for people who are listening? It is, the conditions are immaculate. So the, the superintendent that's been there for, I don't know how long, uh, was a Ryder cup super, superintendent. Um, it gets absolutely no play, or at least it didn't when I was there, there was only 50 members when I first started, uh, which is how the owner wanted it. Uh, so immaculate conditions, the greens are crazy beautiful and they're hard, but they're also, they rut, they roll true. Um, fairways are always perfect. It's like the lush fairways that you want out of any golf course, but doesn't exist anywhere really, especially up North. Um, it's just beautiful, man. It's picturesque. Nice. It's, it's long. It, it was, um, I think it was 7,600 yards mm. after made, they made the renovations, which works for my game. Uh, yeah. It's nice and wide, which I like. The mm-hmm. fairways are really wide. It's a very forgiving course in weird senses. So, like, you're not going nice. to be out of bounds a lot. Yeah. Uh, it's good. just, it, yeah, if you get the opportunity to play there, do it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, most definitely. Um, <laughs> second question, I think I know this answer, but you have a risky approach shot to the green. Are you going for it or laying up? Yeah, of course. I'm not good enough to lay up. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And then last question is you're going to go out for a round. Who is in your dream foursome? Ooh. Can be absolutely anybody. Absolutely anybody? Anybody, yeah. It doesn't have to be. Uh, my grandfather. Oh, does it have to be four? Yeah, okay. It has to be four. Uh, my grandfather, Arnold Palmer. Uh, my my brother and my dad would love to meet Arnold Palmer, but I play with them all the time. Um, I would love to meet Tiger Woods. Uh, John Daly would be the last one, mostly because I want to go hang out with him after. Nice. Yeah, I want like 40-year-old John Daly, like peak, not giving a shit. John Daly. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice. That's yeah. a good, that's a good uh, four. Yeah, yeah th- those four. And actually, Arnold Palmer designed Golf Code New England, so we would go and play there. Nice. Awesome. 
That's awesome. Yeah. Um, Nate, if anyone has any questions or wants to get in contact you, with you or work with you, what's the best way to do that? Uh, reach out through Instagram. It's golf underscore strength coach. Um, or you can shoot me an email, uh, my work email, or I get, I'll do the one that I use for non-Raytree clients is gorillagolfperformance at gmail.com. Okay. And then we'll, I'll link both of those up in the show notes too. So if anyone wants those, they can, they can go get them. Um, any last parting words of advice or wisdom that you just may have for, for anyone? I do not think I'm wise enough to, to get that <laughs> advice. Uh, learn, learn from others, I guess. Uh, yeah. Look up those people that we mentioned, because even if you, like we talked about so much, um, you know, the fitness side of things, but we talked so much about people who have nothing to do with fitness. So I think that you can learn a lot from guys like uh, Derek Sivers, which I apologize for not remembering his name, and Ricardo Semler. The, I mean, those guys, the, the philosophies that I, that they impart translate into business, obviously, but they, they translate into a lot more because you can think of, you know, how, how you want to build robust systems or, um, oh, there's another guy who calls it anti-fragile systems, mm-hmm. uh, for clients, you know, you want to physically be robust or anti-fragile. So, so learning from people who aren't necessarily, um, in the field, because I think I honestly learn more from them. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. I think, I think learning from people who aren't in the field or, or whatever your field may be seems kind of odd, but there's definitely things that come up that will be helpful for you. Um, you just have to kind of see that a little bit. Yeah. Or listen to this podcast if you want to learn from somebody in the field, you know? Yeah. That too. All right, Nate, thank you so much for coming on. Appreciate you spending the time, uh, to do this. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us on another episode of the healthy golf podcast. I appreciate you coming on and downloading and listening and taking the time out of your day, especially when you could have chosen anything else. Thank you so much. If you are not part of the Healthy Golf Facebook group, the link to join is down below in the show notes. Also, if you haven't grabbed the nine free workouts for golf performance, also that link is down below in the show notes and make sure that you do that. Thank you again for listening and downloading this episode. Please, if you haven't done so already, like, rate, review, and share this episode and the podcast in general so we can help more golfers play and feel their best on and off the golf course. As always, keep working hard, keep striving for excellence, because when you feel great, you golf great.